Well, good morning. It's good to see you all. It was uh, one of those mornings where I had, you know when you have too much coffee and then you feel the jitters? Uh, those are the worst. But, amen. Well, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians this morning. If you've got a Bible, please be turning there. We're going to be in Ephesians 3 this morning. We had a great discussion in our family group over this scripture, and I felt very inspired by it. I felt like, you know what, we're going we're gonna, to uh, flesh this out some more, we're going to talk about it some more. Uh, so, my family group, you guys, we've, t- we've totally talked about some of this. So, but uh, in, in Ephesians, so Paul is, he's the, the writer of the, the letter to the Ephesian church, right? And... And in Ephesians, or Ephesus, the city of Ephesus is, um, you know, it's kind of what we would expect, a little more of a Middle Eastern um, kind of a area. But with where Ephesus is at, there was a lot of trade going through. There was a lot of, of traffic. There was the, it was known for specifically uh, the temple of Artemis was in Ephesus. The, it was known for its craftsmen and, and the different uh, cultures and, and everything going on there. And in this, when, when Paul was there, I mean, he spent a number of years with the Ephesian church. He didn't just, this wasn't a place that he just kind of showed up for a week or two and then took off. No, he spent years in Ephesus. He, he was preaching the word to them. And when he first shows up in Ephesus, he shows up at the synagogue and he starts preaching in the synagogue. And he converts some of the Jewish people that are there, but they don't, I mean, they don't really take to Paul. They kind of chase him out of there. And then he goes and he starts preaching in the lecture halls of, of Tyrannus. So, you know, it's like, instead of being able to preach in a church, he goes up to, you know, UVM and starts preaching uh, to where the people who kind of want to hear the, the, the news, the, the, the new teachings and what's going on. So he's up there preaching and, and a lot of people are becoming Christians. But in this time, because of how you have the very strong Jewish culture and you have the Gentiles, and so the Jews would tend to have an issue with any Gentiles. Uh, because they're, they're saying, you know, hey, we, are, we were God's people first. They still kind of have the, the issues of the law and they, they work through different troubles that they have. But it created some division in the church. And so that's really when we look and we're reading in uh, the, the letter to the Ephesians, We've got to understand that one of Paul's biggest mindsets is, is one, I want them to be unified. Right? And he loves this church. I mean, he spent years of his life there preaching to them, trying to help them understand Jesus and know Jesus. He performed miracles. He, he did so much for the church there. And, uh, and so he's writing to them. And when we pick up in verse 3, I think it's important that we think about... Uh, we remember this aspect, and so that he's trying to help them be unified. And we're going to look at kind of how he goes about that today. All right? You guys with me? Yeah. Amen. All right, so the title of this morning's sermon is uh, Great Expectations. Right? Great Expectations. But uh, in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 10, we're going to read through to verse 21. says this his intent which was God's his intent was that now through the church 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. As to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Before we get started, let's pray. Father, I pray, as Paul prayed, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us through your Holy Spirit. Uh, Truly, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word today. Use use me powerfully as an instrument of your will. Speak through me as, as one... Uh, who strives to be in step with your spirit, God. Work despite me and my shortcomings or miss uh, anything that I might missay, Father. I pray that your spirit would overcome anything and that everyone can walk away with, with a little more knowledge of you, with a little more desire to, to have, uh, have you in their hearts or their minds, with, with a little more fullness uh, of you, God. We are so grateful for this time to be together. Uh, please speak powerfully through me. We love you, God. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the first thing is, my title, my first point is, how great is our God? Right? And there's so many things. As I wrote this out today, I was thinking of, how great is our God? How great is our God? I mean, there's so many ways you can read this or say this or think this. Um, And I think all of them would be appropriate for this point. Or many of them would be appropriate for this point. Because one of the underlying messages of Paul's writing here, one of the things he's, he's trying to do is he's going, Ephesians, guys, remember who your God is. Right? Verse 9, he talks about how he's eternal. We didn't read that scripture. But he says, in verse 10, he talks, you are the creator of all things. Sorry, that one's verse 9. You know, he says, he provides strength and power to his people. He says, what's amazing to me is that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. I can imagine a lot of things. And the idea that God can do more than I can ask or imagine is pretty exceptional. Uh, But then again, I guess he's God, so I would expect it indeed, right? Um, But in this, do you guys ever think, do you guys ever think, who like... Who, you know, thinks about the universe or thinks about like, wow, how, looks at, uh, you know, anything in astronomy and just thinks the universe is crazy big, crazy big, you know, and or if you ever just play around on Google Earth and you just like zoom in on your location and, 
you're like, oh, that's my house. You know, uh, there was a couple in, in Portland who were a part of the church and there, there's a, the picture of their house. Their son was actually sitting on the roof, apparently, when Google Earth came by. So you could see him on the roof, uh, which was pretty funny. But as you look at something like that, you know, and you pan out and you realize how small you are. Right. And then you think about how small our world is, really, in comparison to, to where we are. And you think that the universe is so much bigger and it says that God created all of this, that he breathed stars into existence, that that, that is our God. And I, I believe that so much of this is, is one, Paul's trying to get them back to that point. He's like, OK, you're arguing over these things, but you've got to remember first, how great is our God? How great is he? You know, through this, with his his underlying message, I, I really believe is about the amazingness, the awesomeness, how incredible God is. You know, with, with this culture, though, you've got to think, they're not trying to create a, a culture where people are trembling in fear of God. No, Paul's saying, guys, you can, you can approach the throne of God with confidence and freedom. And, and we've got to think about what that would mean to this people, right? What would it mean? And so think about a Gentile, right? The Gentiles grow up, so you're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of Greek culture. You have the, the Greek gods, or they have the Temple of Artemis there. You have, you know, they still have like Zeus and, and all the other Greek gods who sit upon their mountain and care nothing of mortals other than what they can give to them. Right. And, and they have a, an indifference for human suffering. There's there's so little care about what those peasant mortals do down there right and yet you have this for these Greeks and they're coming to hear about this Jesus saying that God in fact he's saying I I care so much for you I the almighty divine God am going to become a mortal I'm going to choose to to do this. And, and to us who maybe hear this and go, well, yeah, I've, I've heard about Jesus all my life or most of my life. We go, that's nothing that special, maybe. But you think about what it would have meant to them. And I think try to put yourself in their shoes, right? What they would have felt. Isn't that the best way to, um, you know, when you're trying to connect with somebody, you're trying to really connect. You want to put yourself in their shoes. You want to try to understand what it feels like to be them and what that would have meant. And in the same way, we could do that to understand how how great is our God. If he's asking, if Paul were to ask the the Gentile Christians this in Ephesus, what would they have said? What would have been their exclamations of proclaiming about why Jesus was so amazing? Right. How great he is. They had so many expectations that were above and beyond met by our God. But then you have the Jews, right? You have the Jewish people. And so the Jewish people are, have grown up their whole lives where a priest has to bring all the sacrifices before God. Right? That it's, it's they actually can't approach the throne of grace. They, they can't walk into the presence of God. They can't do any of this. Because it's one priest, one time of year, who could walk into the Holy of Holies in the temple, right? 
and be in the presence of God. And if he sinned while he was in the presence of God, he's dead. Right? They would like tie the rope around his leg so that they could pull him out in case something bad happened while he's in there. That was pretty crazy. But that's, so their idea of God is not free. It's very restricted. You don't have access. You don't come to God this way. Like you don't, you don't come near God. If you, I mean, it, there were so many restrictions that you couldn't even go into the temple and worship if you hadn't performed all of these rituals. There wasn't this free access to Jesus. There was, or there wasn't this free access to God. And, and you had to go and wonder, do I have confidence to approach it, right? And so when we look at, at this today, you know, I, I really appreciate what Michelle shared because I think there's times where we can adopt this mentality of, I haven't done this and I haven't done that and I'm so um, broken, and God can't fix me kind of a thing. And so we, we don't realize that, that we have freedom and we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Because of grace. Right? You guys get that? Do you ever think about that aspect of God? Because it's incredible. And it's deeply, it was deeply meaningful to these Jews, but I think to many of us, I mean, even as... as Michelle was up here, I mean, you could see she's feeling it and expressing it and rejoicing in the grace of God. And there's something about different times where when you can prepare something to say and then it doesn't hit you until you're saying it, you know. Um, But I think that when we look at our God, I would ask you this question today. How great is your God? I'm serious. How great is your God? Do you, do you dwell on that? Do you think about that? Because, because this is what... It, it, it all comes to this ultimately. Truly. Because if your God is not great, then why follow Him? God, the God, is beyond great. To put Him... And to even say that He's perfect would be to limit Him in His goodness. Right? And so when you think, I ask you, how great is your God? If your God is great, then what's stopping you from talking about Him? What's stopping you from, from sharing it? And I don't just mean with, with non-Christians. I mean with each other. Right? I mean with one another. When's the last time you had a great conversation and you said, Hey, let me share with you what inspires me about Jesus, what inspires me about God that you just shared with somebody else? Right? To go, I feel like I just learned this about God, or this is my favorite thing about Jesus. I mean, isn't that what the scriptures call us to do? You know, write them on their hearts, speak about it. When you get up, when you lay down, you teach them to your children, you do write them on the door frames of your homes. I mean, all of these things were, the, were for the Jews, but it was to remind them and to, for us how great is our God. Do you have great expectations for our God? That's a question I have for you today. Because I think if you have great expectations of who He is, there are things that you're just going to want to do for Him. Right? And I think the first thing I would say is, I hope that we can be, we can begin to do this more often. I really hope we can. To start sharing and being in our own Bibles in a way where 
on a daily basis where we feel like we can have the things to say to each other. Right? To talk about spiritual things and to proclaim how great is our God. You guys get what I'm saying? I want, you to, I want you to take that home to you, with you today. Wrestle it. Ask yourself that question. Sit down and pray about it through this week. Ask yourself again and again, how great is my God? And really dwell on it. Find some scriptures that inspire you about how great your God is. Right? And know that. But that's where Paul starts in saying, guys, this is... I believe he, he's... He's leading us that way and He's leading us into the extreme love of God. And we find that in Jesus. Right? I want to look at this. Look at verse 14 really quick. I'm going into my second point. Um, It's in verse 14. It says, For this reason, which is to say, I'll, I'll read verse 12. It says, In Him and through Him, through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I believe his daddy's talking about it, verse 14. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father. How amazing would that have been for Paul? From whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You know, I... The, the title of the second point is, How do you know Him? How can we know Him? Um, you guys with me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, when we look at the Scripture, what is Paul saying? He says, Through your Holy Spirit, you provide us with strength and power. Right? Through your Holy Spirit, you inspire and you fill us. You provide the strength so that we can know you. That's one of the ways when we, we go and... Guys, um, I guess my first thing in this I'd say is do not neglect the Spirit of God. Right? Do not neglect God's Spirit that's within you. And, but in this, you know, He gives you the Spirit. But why? And he, gives this, he gives us this. What's intriguing to me is He brings this point up again and again. Paul does, which is to say the Holy Spirit does throughout. Right? In verse 10... He says his intent was now through the church. And then he comes down later and he says that through the Holy Spirit in your inner beings, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that we may be rooted and established in love, and together with all the saints, we may grasp how wide and high, or how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. You know, as I, I thought about um, this idea, we talked about it. In our family group, it was this idea: if the if the love of God is so so wide, I mean, in the kids' kingdom, we sing what's the kids' kingdom song? It's so wide you can't dig under it. So deep you can't dig under it. I mean, it's 
there's this idea of God is so big, but his love is so grand that no one person could grasp God's love. Right? No one person could grasp God's love. But what he's saying is, we're going to strive to understand, but not as just an individual, but together. And he's saying, you to be rooted and established in love. Uh, I, I was thinking, we were talking about this idea of, of being rooted. And you guys ever think about how the roots of a forest, you can kind of visualize it in your own head, I'm sure. But you have the roots of the forest and they dig down, right? And they go down into the earth and they spread out and down. And you have these roots that, that are founded, create this foundation, that they're establishing themselves, right? And, and then you have all these, the different trees though, where they're, they're mixing their roots together. It's not like, you know, they're all totally separate. They come near to each other. Right? And what we found, what, what scientists have even found, you know, is that trees, in fact, that are, that are near each other, uh, a number of different species, can actually share resources and nutrients with each other. And they go, hey, you, uh, you need a little extra, you know, phosphorus? Hey, I have some. Let me give you some. Right? You, you need a little extra carbon? Oh, I've got some here. You can have some. And, and they can actually exchange resources that they have. And where do they get the resources from? From the earth. Right? And when you think about how a forest and the roots spread out, do you ever think about how we each have our own understanding of God? Of the love of God? Because it's so wide and it's so long and it's so high and it's so deep that there is this no one person, no matter how smart, no matter how spiritual, no matter... What could understand all of it? And you know what? You may understand something and know something about God that has what I need to do well. You may have the nutrients and the understanding of Jesus to help me in my time of need, right? And vice versa. We are, we are intertwined, church, as Christians. In a forest, they have these things that they have uh, in a stand of trees. You'll have a mother tree. And, and, and they could be multiple mother trees, right? And the mother trees, they provide a lot of nutrients to the younger trees. And as they grow, they, you know, those, those trees become larger and are able to provide more to other trees as well. And it creates this web where they're helping each other and providing more from the resources that are available. You know, when you think about great expectations... Do you expect great things from your relationship with God? Do you expect to understand more about Jesus? I I try to. I I strive to. I want to know more. When I'm not, I'm hungry and I thirst. And you know what I need when I need that? Sometimes I need somebody to come to me. I have my best friend. He and I, when we get a chance to talk, I feel like he understands God in a way that just... Encourages my soul every time. He doesn't, he doesn't even know he convicts me half the time when he's, when he's talking. And I am. Right? But he's just sharing what he understands of God with me. And he's helping me grow. 
You know, do we have conversations like that in church? To understand God. Do you have conversations? Maybe there's somebody that you've planted a seed of faith and, and they're trying to grow, but they need some more from you. Are you helping them understand the love of God? Because you're the one that's rooted and established, right? But as we are rooted and established, we become more secure in God's love. And there may be some overlap, but I think that we can all help each other. Does that make sense? To know God and be more established and more rooted and to do well, we need each other. Right? There are very few... there, There are... The types of trees that stand alone often are have short lives, they're brittle, they don't do well, right? You know, and then you have the, the random oak tree that stands out in the middle of a field by itself that always, like, astounded me, you know. But those are few and far between, right? And I look at this and I go, we can know our God. But it also comes to helping each other know Him. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Awesome. You know, in all of this, I think I would come back. Paul is saying, guys, you're rooted and established together in this awesome God. You can have great expectations of Him. I'd say let's have it of each other too. Right? To share with each other the love of God more than anything else. But this last part I want to look at. Great expectations can be greater than you can ask or imagine. Look at verse 20. It says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He can do more than you can ask or imagine. Do you have the faith to ask or imagine? I want to put that to you today. He can do so much more through you, through us, church, right? There's so much our God can do. And what I would say is this. Let's embrace that. Let's ask for some crazy things. Alright? Let's pray about it. If He can do more than we can ask or imagine. Now, will He always do those things? Maybe sometimes He'll say, you know what, now's not the time for that. You're not ready for that yet. Right? But why not ask or imagine? Right? And... If you, are un, if you feel like, I don't want to do that, I want to I call you to change your mind and to get some more faith. And get with people who are going to share with you why God loves you enough to want to do some great things in your life. Because you probably really, you're in need of some of my carbon right now. Right? And... We want to share that with each other. We want to give that to one another. We want to spread that out so that we have the faith to ask. And imagine what our God can do. Right? This is an incredible thing. But as all of this, what Paul is saying, these guys, be 
unified in our incredible God. Be rooted in His incredible love and know how He loves you. You know, because He can do more than we can ask or imagine, I think we can get stuck into thinking, well, because we haven't seen much, which I think we've seen much, but we haven't seen as much as maybe we would hope, we think, well, God's not really doing much right now. And I thought, you know what would be good? I would love to share some good news. I have a quick video I want to show and and share with you guys of what God has been doing in different places around the world. Can somebody start uh, this quick video for me? You know, when uh, the guy shared the story, when he's like, we prayed all night. And then 20 people showed up. And they said it was a whisper that told us. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, seriously? That's, that's amazing to think about the, the way, I mean, would you guys have to think that that's how God's going to do it? Yes. To think, I mean, yes, He can do it. But is, is that how you're going to imagine it? Right? Whoops. There you go. So, there we go. Well, you know, I think about that idea that for God saying, it is time to dream. Let's, let's dream together, honestly. Let's ask for some great things together. I've heard many people uh, bring up the idea of an all-night prayer night. That guy was like, we haven't done it since college. I'm like, yeah. I don't think I've done it since college. I I mean, when's the last time you've done it? Now I have a small child and I think, oh, sleep is so nice. I would love sleep. Uh, But you know what? I also want more faith. And I want to have the faith to do things like that. To push myself out of my own comfort zone and to do things that I've done before, but haven't done in a while. And what I want is I want you to do it with me. Let's do it together, church. Let's let's dig deep into the love of God and strive to understand how wide and deep it is. Let's overcome any lack of faith, providing it and helping one another grow in it. Right? Let's help each other increase our faith so that we can see our God do more. Let's have great expectations because our God is great. Let's see our church change. Let's see. Let's change our city and see it happen, church. Let's do it together. Amen.